I'm like always been a big politics person. Um, and that whole thought kind of translated into what it is now is the community leader stuff is there's so many, the community leaders is like this umbrella and everything else kind of fits under it. So whether we're talking about like actual community leaders or we're talking about the food industry or we're talking about politics, it's like, you can all kind of trickle down back into how are you participating in your community? What kind of impact are you making on others? And what can you do to be your own thought leader and your own leader? Um, so those kinds of things. And it all kind of came from like just wanting to talk about my passions and discovering what my passions were. And I don't think in the beginning I thought that that's what's going to happen. Um, but I definitely come to like discover that it's been kind of a, it's been a way for me to discover myself even more too. This week on the Young and Dumb podcast, we have Sarah from Indiana. Fresh out of high school and into college, Sarah's had her hand in podcasting. With two solid podcasts under her belt, It's Lit and The Humanitarian, Sarah is set on making her impact and sharing her voice through podcasting. Once a student of the entrepreneurship professor, Don Wetrick, she shares how his teachings have pushed her to pursue her plant-saving passions. So this week, we plant with Sarah. Persistent. If there's one trait that describes Sarah, it is this. She barely knew how to work a computer, yet still grinded through the whole learning process to figure out how to start her own podcast. Latent is her mission. She knows what she wants to do and is building up all the pieces so that she can attack the problem head on in the future. Amiable. When we first met Sarah at the event in New York, it was a blast. There's no icebreaker or awkward moments, just conversations from the beginning. Nascent is her voice. It's in the growth stage. As she grows in podcasting, so shall her voice. Taboo describes some of the topics she loves to talk about, from politics to the environment and even the food that we put into our mouths. At one point, these were all things that high school grads would not dare talk about. But with her, she'll love to have those conversations with you. This week, we plant with Sarah. What's going on, everyone? It's your favorite co-host from the Young and Dumb podcast, Justin and Gary, back at it again with episode 67. We have a special guest from the Midwest. Sarah, say what's up to the people. Hey. I'm glad to have you on board with us today, Sarah. And you're a podcaster just like us. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I host a podcast called The Humanitarian. And great. And so we're going to teach you a little bit about the young and dumb way. We're going to waste no more time. Get right into it. Let us know who you are and what's your story. Who I am. Um, so do you want me to just dive right into like where I started with podcasting or? Yeah, that? wherever you feel like your journey begins. Um, I think it really started from there. Um, I was actually just talking to innovations kids last night, like Don's new crop of little, little kids. Um, and I was talking to them and I said, you know, like my, my childhood was kind of hard or whatever. And I kind of just took it and, um, I kind of just like swallowed it and I like just moved on with my life. And I was just like, that's how it's going to be. But, um, I feel like my junior year of high school, there was just this point in my life where I was like, I'm like done swallowing it. I'm like done taking it. Like I shouldn't have to take it anymore. And um, I wanted to do something. And I feel like I have, I had so much insight and like so much to say. And I felt like I was looking at the world and there just wasn't 
anybody saying anything like there's so much garbage and I think Ava Wetrick brings up a really good point about like um there's so much like Kim Kardashian and like all that garbage that's like all over the media um but I was like there's so many real things happening and so um I felt like to me community has always been the biggest thing I feel like community has is what's going to be there for you if um like you need it when you really need it so um I think celebrating the community in your school and not just talking about like sports or things like that, but really focusing on writers in our school and highlighting that the, there are these some, some people who really know how to use words and um, not even that, but all the philosophy and all kinds of things that go into that. Um, so that's where it's lit what came from. And um, I wanted to have something fun and something catchy. So people weren't like, Oh, it's a podcast about books. <laughs> uh, I wanted to kind of like grab someone in and like make them, uh, kind of hooked them in on that. And it was also kind of topical. I feel like that was very like trendy when I first started that. Um, so it was just like highlighting like other kids in my school and like uh, what they were doing. And if they're a screenwriter, if they wrote books or um, I wanted to showcase that and then um, like really talk a lot about philosophy and your favorite art authors and um, like people like Thoreau and those kinds of things and talk about that stuff and have like some media that isn't garbage. And that was all before I knew about like Gary V and Seth Godin and all. I hadn't been like wetricked yet. And um, so I had this podcast my junior year and it was like, I only released three episodes, I think. And um, I kind of came to later realize that I wasn't putting effort into it because I didn't like it. And I didn't, I knew that I liked podcasting, but I didn't know like that. I didn't enjoy like talking about the literary stuff. So then I went to Wetrick's class and I got wetricked and um, then I like discovered the humanitarian and my passions for standing up for all those different activist movements. That's pretty dope. Um, <laughs> I really want to dive into like um, the Wetrick effect later on, but <laughs> okay. I, I want to talk about before we talk about that. I want to talk about kind of how you found out about podcasting. So you're young. You're you're senior this year, correct? No, I I'm a freshman so in college. Just, Okay, so you just graduated last yeah. year. Um, so like when I was in high school, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Um, it was True. just music, like it was just <laughs> listening to music all the time for me. Yeah. So how did you first find out about podcasting? And how did you like kind of take the first steps into starting your own podcast? Yeah, um, I honestly don't know. Like I think I, I kind of just knew that they existed. Um, I know my, I don't even know the answer to that question, how I found out about podcasts, but I'm, that how I got started with podcasting is like just very me and like who I am. But I was like, I went to my favorite English teacher and I was like, dude, I want to do a podcast. Will you co-host it with me? And he's like, sure. So I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do next? And so then I um, kind of like got some guests in my like creative writing class together. And we started brainstorming like ideas about to talk about with them and like the things that they're writing. And I thought it'd be a great way to also showcase their work because like, I think that, they were phenomenal writers. Um, so I was like, okay. So then Kinley actually introduced me to Wetrick my junior year, but I didn't know who he was. I just knew that he had the materials to do the podcast. And like, that was my relationship with Wetrick was I was like, I'm here to record. Where's the mic? Where's the audacity? And like, that's how I recorded my podcasts. And they actually had a pretty dope, like recording studio. Like they had like, like it was a real studio with like, um, like foam and like, it was really nice. But, um, and then I don't know if you guys know who this is, but Saul Garza, he like does a bunch of stuff with like 
tech and whatever. And I was like, dude, how do you export this file? And like, I seriously knew like nothing about like computers. Like I barely knew how to use my phone, but I like didn't care. Like I just wanted to like record the podcast. So like, um, I think JT McCormick puts it really well where he's like, I made a career off asking questions and like not being afraid to approach people and ask them how to do this and like not knowing how to do something because like, I up until probably like a couple months ago, I had no clue what I was doing like with podcasting. Like now I kind of have like some idea of like how to mix things and that kind of stuff. But I was just like throwing shit together and like trying to figure it out. So like don't be afraid to fail and um like just ask questions. And I, I think you said something super important there. And um I wanna highlight that with I mentioned this in Ava's podcast as well that uncertainty is something that our generation um, kind of lives on. It kind of gets us going and it doesn't, it, for us, it's a road bump, but not a roadblock. Um, yeah. like if we're going too fast, a little bit of uncertainty would kind of have us check ourselves, make sure we're not like going off the deep end, yeah. um, but it doesn't stop us from doing what we want. And it clearly hasn't stopped you, even though you <laughs> didn't even know how yeah. to work um, some of the technology behind your podcast. <laughs> but I want to dive a little bit deeper into um, the first podcast. It's lit. What were some of the things that you learned um, doing that first podcast that you kind of took and absorbed and used to build up your, your next podcast? Uh, the hum- yeah. Humanitarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that is so huge that I feel like doesn't always get talked about a lot is I don't think that – I would have been as successful my senior year if I would not have done It's Lit. And I mean, it's like taught me so much stuff, like how to freaking export a AIFF file. <laughs> um, what is that? Um, like, how, like, what's the difference between like other files? Like to me, before I did that, I was like, there's JPEG, like, there, like that was it. Like that was the <laughs> internet to me. I was like, there's Google and there's JPEG. And like, that's all I knew. And, um, like learning what that was and how to export it and how to like, where to put it. And I started, I started off using a flash drive. I know it's really old school, but I plugged the flash drive in and then it would upload the file. And then I'd take it home to my personal laptop and edit it and then bring it back to the school, upload it, put it on the Mac and then upload it to SoundCloud. The hardest way I could have possibly done that. And I lost files. Um, like just learning also the biggest thing too, I think is learning how to get freaking high schoolers to do something. Um, I think that's like the hardest thing in the world is to get them. So we have like study halls and getting them to give up their study hall and then also getting them to remember that they are giving up their study hall to show up, to know what they're going to be talking about, to actually give a crap, like just working with that group of people really, like if you can work with high school students, I feel like you can work with anyone. Because they are a pain, like, just, they're awful. But they're also great. So it's, like, double-edged sword. But those were, like, the two biggest things I feel like for me is, like, um, like kind of scheduling and learning how to manage that. And then also, um, like, the technology side, like, is just huge. <laughs> Most definitely. And it, it's, it's something that we had to learn about, too, when we started our own podcast. Like, mm-hmm. neither myself or Gary are, are techies ourselves. <laughs> Um, I'm no. a finance person. I'm just a numbers guy, and Gary's a, a marketing person. He's I'm, real, I'm the creator really writing exactly. <laughs> so like trying to learn, like you said, what a JPEG is, what a PNG is, trying to get all these logos together, things like that. It, it's a great experience to yeah. learn about. 
Um, and it's awesome that you got to do it so young, being in your senior year, or well, your junior, starting your junior year, and then really succeeding your senior year. So let's dive deeper into the humanitarian. Where did that come about? So um, actually, so kind of slightly jumping into like being wetricked because I think it's so huge into like how the humanitarian. Um, so the first day of Don's class, um, I he gave this huge speech and he was like, Gary V and like dropping all these names. And I'm like, who the hell are these people? And he's like, Google them. And I'm like, okay. And not only that, but I walked into his classroom. I knew what it was when I signed up for it. I knew that we got to do a project that we enjoyed. And that was like what sold me. Like, don't talk anymore. I'm already sold. Like, you don't have to convince me anymore. And, but it's Wetrick. So of course he talked more. <laughs> and <laughs> so I was like already sold. And I was like, I'm going to do the, um, it's lit podcast and I'm going to like do it well. And we're going to have like regular episodes. And like, that was me walking into the hour and a half block and me walking out of the hour and a half block was like, why the hell am I doing something that I don't like? Why would I waste my time? like putting effort into something that I just kind of like enjoy and not something that I love and something that like drives me. So then I was like, okay, I love podcasting. Like, what can I do with that? And I was like, okay, like actual community leaders or we're talking about the food industry or we're talking about politics. It's like, it can all kind of trickle down back into how are you participating in your community? What kind of impact are you making on others? And what can you do to be your own thought leader and your own leader? Um, so those kinds of things. And it all kind of came from like just wanting to talk about my passions and discovering what my passions were. And I don't think in the beginning I thought that that's what's going to happen. Um, but I've definitely come to like discover that it's been kind of a, it's been, but um, it really was just, I wanted to talk about politics. So then there's like the, what do you call it? And I was for a long time, I wanted to call it um, the libertarian or something like that, because I feel like I fall kind of in that moderate, like, kind of like, I don't really care what you do, but I want to have good fiscal policy and like those kinds of things. Um, but I don't want to associate so hard with the politics that like, it kind of threw me too far into a niche that I couldn't like kind of branch out and change. And so my mom gave me this phenomenal advice and she said, okay, if you're trying to think of a name for something, write down 10 objectives or goals that you have for this thing. And then your name will come from that. And I, I was like, well, it's definitely humanity's thing. It's definitely like a outreach. And, um, I was like, that's perfect. I feel like so many different things can fall under that, like humanitarian, um, kind of mission and that like movement. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon that. And also nobody else had a podcast called The Humanitarian. <laughs> so that was like a big thing for me too, was because I didn't want to compete with someone. I didn't want there to be any brand confusion um, because I, I wanted for when you search The Humanitarian, I want to be the first thing that came up in like Apple Podcasts or something like that. I didn't want you have to like filter through and like know my logo. Like you should just be able to find me. Yeah, like that's something that we had a problem with when we first started Young and Dumb. Um, I mean, there are tons of other names that went into um, the pot that we were looking at. Um, I don't remember any of them off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but we there are other Young and Dumb podcasts, none of which are um, still being used. But that's something that we had to overcome um, trying to work out some SEO things yeah. um, to get our way up. So, I mean, that's definitely something looking back on it, we probably would have 
change for there. But I want to get into um, being wet tricked. Um, for for <laughs> like under break it down for the people who are listening. Because not everyone um, not everyone knows who Don Wetrick is. Um, let us know on in your um, your mind who is he and what's it like <laughs> being in his class. Yeah, so Don Wetrick host or like is this teacher in Oldsville High School, and um, he lives in the library in this fishbowl classroom. And he's this like, he's kind of like the Lorax guy, you know, in the movie where he lives in that tower and you have to like give him the beans every day to like get the secrets. Yeah. I feel like that's wet trick. And um, he's just, he's just so passionate about student entrepreneurship and like thinking for yourself and being more self-aware and aware of others around you. And we live in such a world where it's sit down, shut up, do as I say. And like you're taught for 18 years to sit down and shut up. And then you get thrown into the real world where everyone's like, no, but please participate, brainstorm, think for yourself. And you're like, the heck, like <laughs> you just told me for 18 years, the first 18 years of my life to sit down and shut up. And so Wetrick's like, screw all that crap. Um, he's like, we're just getting down to business and I'm going to give students an opportunity to meet with people and to like gain real world experience and to fall like just flat on your face. And you don't, you wouldn't get the same kinds of consequences that you would if I was 25 and trying to start this podcast, you know what I mean? And like, if like all these things that we're getting to experience now, we don't have any kids, we don't have a, any rent, like any substantial like finance you have rent i do i do now <laughs> well i mean like these kids too yeah but it's like you have the no kids thing is huge i feel like it's like don't freaking have kids yet bro chill out like <laughs> wait don't have kids but um like it's just like pour your heart and soul into something and if it fails what what can we take away from that what can we learn and how can we grow instead of being like in school, when you get an F, it's like, you suck so hard. Please stop breathing. Like, I feel like that's how I was treated in high school because I was not good at it at all. Um, like high school, because I, I want to, I'm so all over the place. And like my brain thinks like this. And like for me to do a school project with rules and a rubric was like literally trying to like debunk nuclear codes. And so <laughs> I was like, I want to do my own thing. I want to like take what you said and like make something different. And or like you, you want me to write a paper? Can I create a video? Like that kind of stuff. And that was me in high school. And math, don't even get me started on math. I was like, you trying to tell me that you're gonna make all this shit disappear and then you're gonna get X? I was like, that's cute. Please try again at another time. Math, See, math me, was not. I love math. I, I like for me, it's it's like satisfaction. It's so satisfactory where like I start out with. 15 20 numbers or whatever and then i get x equals whatever and i'm like fuck i am <laughs> nice like i know how to do like i can do it right yeah it's, it's satisfactory to me but that's why i like math but with I... that do you think don has had a bigger impact on the high school in terms of being able to change some some of the teachers over to his sort of teaching style or is he kind of looked down upon as like that crazy teacher who's just doing his own thing <laughs> Um, I think there's a healthy dosage of both and um, people are so adverse to change like so hard like they just are like nope my way works and which it doesn't but <laughs> they're like my way works and I'm sticking with that 
And honestly, I don't give a shit if it doesn't work because I'm going to do it anyways. And that's really the reaction of some teachers at school. And then there's also like those people who are like, yeah, Don's fantastic. What can we do to like throw kids into your class? And how can more kids be successful? And how can we get the school more involved? And like, how can we get this on the school news and those kinds of things? And the administration is like amazing about like, what kinds of resources can these kids, like do these kids need? And a lot of people are like, oh, Don's kids are so entitled. They get all of this special privileges because like I, my senior year, I genuinely, I missed 72 days of school and it was because most of them, some of them I was sleeping, but most of them was, were because I was out doing stuff. I was meeting with podcast guests. I was meeting with businesses. I was meeting with people just to gain value and to have coffee or buy someone lunch and um, I had an internship and I was spending my time bettering myself instead of being in the fluorescent lights and like wanting to die. So like, there's definitely that like entitlement aspect that a lot of teachers are like, they don't deserve this. Why do other kids get it? And I'm like, I feel like I can say this because I have been both kids, but like you guys suck. Like if you don't do anything, if you just show up to school, kind of take it as it is and then leave you like suck kind of hard. Like you, you like need to suck less. And like, that's how Don literally started out his speech on day one was like, Hey, like I love you, but you suck. But here's how we can all suck less together. And so, um, I think he, I don't know. He just has a way about him that is totally being wet tricked. Like that's the perfect way to describe like being with him. It's just wet tricked. And you made a great point about like the school system, how like, uh, so many people are adverse to change. Um, and I feel like we think about, well, I think teachers think about school as like a math problem. Like if I do this and the kids do this, then this will happen. Um, yeah. They will succeed. Like it's, but it's not. It's, school's less like math and more like art. It's like, okay, here's our problem. Here's what we need to accomplish. Accomplish it in your way, shape or form in, in a way that fits you. And not everyone's will look alike and a lot of things will be changed from year to year. Um, but that's okay. And I think that's something that I guess Don was trying to get across, which is pretty cool. Um, but with Don's, now that you're done with Don's class and you're moving into college and you're, you're about to start your freshman year, um, what will you take into college since it's a different, um, environment for you to, to thrive in? Yeah. Um, well, first, I'm not very excited about college. Every time I keep, everyone keeps asking me, that's the million dollar question, I feel like is like this, I don't know, but like college and I'm just like, bro, I am not pumped about it. Um, but I am going to like, put put my head down and get my stupid pre-write classes out of the way. But within that, I'm gonna take a lot of the like the networking and like all of those values that I have gained from his class um, and like me talking to my professors and getting to know them because your professors are like really cool. Like when you're in college, if you go like seriously take time to talk to your professors because I've like already started to do that. Like I went to all the environmental like people at IUPUI and like sent them an email and was like, hi, I'm probably never going to take any of your classes, but I would like to introduce myself. I hate science and I'll never take your class, but... I really love environmentalism and you 
are like seem like someone who's interested in that can we get coffee or something and so making those connections because you never know who someone knows and like that's probably the biggest thing is like and also it's a whole new group of people to like like dump my content on it's like oh cool you like podcasts I have a podcast go check it out oh you like YouTube videos I have a YouTube channel go check it out and it's like it's a whole new space to kind of like promote things to um which I know isn't like really what college is for I guess but I'm gonna like make it what I need it to be so I can make my parents happy I can make myself happy and I can make future employers happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I think how you're looking at college is is great I think that's what that's kind of like the mindset that we want to start um sharing to younger people because especially unless you're going into like medical or lawyer like college is basically basically about being building up your network right so it's about meeting the right people um trying different things whether it's an internship or a side job or starting your own thing like a podcast or something and that's what you're doing right now and i think it's going to be amazing in terms of because you're starting so early you have four years to basically mess up as many times as you want um but not not enough people take that and use that to their advantage so i commend you and i hope that you share your your message to other people because they definitely need to hear that um but with that like what are you looking to really get in college then if you're if you're looking at it for more of the experience side of things rather than your the piece of paper um <laughs> when you walk across the stage in four yeah. years um what are you looking to get out of it specifically if you know oh man uh to get my parents to shut up about it <laughs> um i don't know i'm just so i don't know if it's being like electric or what I don't know what it is but I am just super anti-college like I I think that if you can't get a scholarship or if I think you have such a valid point you can actually become a lawyer without going to law school if you study and you take the bar it doesn't matter if you have a degree if you pass the bar exam you can practice law so that's a whole other thing too is like if you are cutting people open and if you are going to be an engineer. Those are the things you need to go to school for because there are technical things that you you not might not necessarily get from a well if you're going to cut people open go to college like period. There's no if ands or buts about that. Like please, period please go, go to go school. To you will not be cutting me open. But it's like there's there's so many things like a communications degree. That's what I'm getting. It's like what the fuck does that even mean, you know? And I guess you can also make it what you want it to be, but it's like Oh, okay. So I feel like my sarcastic opinion is like, I'm going to go to school for four years and learn how to talk better. And it's like, I can, if people were more driven to be like, um, self learners and to be learning all of the time that they would pursue content on YouTube that is more like educational than watching like, um, let's cut a $5,000 Chanel bag in with a hot, hot knife or like those kinds of videos, like those viral things. And it's like, those are fun. And like, people like to be entertained. I mean, I have partaken in a few of those videos, but it's like, there's so much content. Like you can watch entire Yale lectures on YouTube that are free. And it's like, why am I going to college to learn how to talk better? You know? And like what, and I guess I don't know until I do it, but what are you really going to be providing me? It's, it's funny that you say that because it's like you're you're technically going to college to learn how to talk better, but re in reality, you're going to college to read about 
learning about how to talk better. You're not <laughs> necessarily even yeah. going out there and talking. Exactly. I, I've, I've known communications majors that can barely hold a conversation. And I'm like, dude, you're, you read all these theories or whatever you have it, IQ, EQ, like conversations and stuff, but yeah. you can barely hold a conversation with me. And it's like, what are you actually going to school for? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like if you want to learn how to talk better, you should talk more. Um, I mean, it goes without, without saying, like, if you want to learn how to read better, you read more. Yeah. You learn how to play a sport or do something else. Like, you do that thing more frequently. Um, and talking is the same way. Um, not everyone starts out as a – who is a great um, uh, speaker, public speaker, didn't yeah. start out that way. Like, they took steps to – doing that and it was through practicing talking out loud in front of people in environments where they most likely weren't comfortable and you know what that's okay um but i also want to take this moment right now to kind of shift gears a little bit and i want to focus back on your journey okay, okay. i want to take your journey and turn it into a loading bar yeah from zero to a hundred percent where you feel like you are right now on your loading bar and this is like like a hundred percent is like success is whatever the hundred percent is for you from zero percent. Interesting. Okay. Um, I like that. I like that. Like from like depression is zero <laughs> and like success is a hundred. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm at like 45. Like, I feel like I like this, this new go plant it business thing that Luna and I are on, it's like, this is going to be something I feel like that's going to be that like, pro like propel into like the other thing, like the other business stuff we do. So I don't think that this is like the be all end all. I really hope at 18, this isn't the be all end all. Um, because I think that what's happening now at 45 is going to take us to 70, 80% in like five years. And, um, and we all want to say some like sexy number, like, like Jake Paul's like five million in six months, like that's fun and sexy to say, but it's like to build a stable like business, I really genuinely feel like you're in that five year like box. And um, I think that's where we're at right now is like, um, we're starting to move out of the incubation and we're about to roll out our, I think September 1st, we're really wanting to do August 20th, but our graphic design didn't end up happening. So um, September 1st, we're rolling out our first like product. And I think we're really going to move and transition into like, like less incubation and talking. That's going to be an open the doors talking about like equity and like LLCs and like, what are we going to like, this is a company, not just like a project. Um, so I feel like if I was on a loading bar, I'd probably be at like 45%. Okay. Now tell me what a hundred percent looks like. 100%. Um, I want to retire at 50. I And then I want to spend the next like 30 years. I'd like to live till 80. And I want to spend the next to like we're 120. That's my that's my 120. Yeah, I like flaming hot Cheetos. So like, <laughs> 80 is probably like all the cancer I'm gonna get from fucking flaming hot Cheetos. It's going to cut me off at 80. Like everyone else is going to live. They're going to have like their heads, like in iCarly, like, like things. And I'm just going to be like, bro, like I want to eat hot Cheetos. So I'll 80 and I'm going to spend from 50 to 80. Just like, I'm going to save like all my money and then just like travel and like, 
um, like just like spend like months on like different beaches and like go to like Sweden and like go to like Germany and tour like all of that like history stuff and like go to the Anne Frank house and um, I, the Holocaust is like sidebar one of my like interests like weird things that I like know too much about but I want to go to like see like the nuclear meltdown things in like Japan I think that'd be so cool um, go to like Iceland I want to I just want to travel so that's like 100% I guess well 100% would be 50 like being 50 and then traveling because I wouldn't have to work anymore so I guess to like make that 100% happen um, I I think that I want to own like several businesses. I think I have a lot of passions and I think go plant it is just like the beginning of those passions and like this environmental thing. And I think what's really cool about the way we've set up go plant it is it's, it's an opportunity to have an umbrella of things. And I think the best way to approach environmentalism is to kind of like attack it because it's like, cool, we planted 50 million trees. It's like, but we still have 500 million straws being used a day by Americans. We have, like xyz and all this shit that happens every day and it's like but you did that but it's like all this other garbage literally is like impacting the environment still so i think this whole warm glow like small initiative thing is really gonna propel like this like intertwined environmentalism movement um and then i think that it would be so much fun to like own real estate like investment real estate properties and like like have this passive income of like um, have like corporate offices that like pay me to like use my space. And then this is like, this is weird, I think, but I don't know. I want to own a comedy club and on Friday and Saturday nights, I, um, so I am pretty funny. Like if I do say so myself and so there's going to be two shows and then on seven 30, um, it's going to be like the kids show. And then at 1030 is going to be like where the real good stuff comes out for the adults. And it's going to be like a circle. And then in the middle is a fishbowl of nine people and they pay extra to like have me roast them for an hour. So I'm just going to talk mad shit about these people who paid extra. And I'm going to. And so like my MVP of this idea is for me to go like downtown Indy. And like say things to people and like record it and put it on YouTube. And so like my like some of my ideas are like like have like 30 bucks or something and be like like walk up to some fat guy and be like, oh hey, I wanted to give this to you because you should probably invest in a gym membership. Or like, I don't know. I think that'd be so much fun. Like <laughs> because like I don't know. Just to shit on people and they pay me to talk about them. I don't know. But that's kind of like this weird like in like this weird business thing and I don't know I think there's a lot of opportunity in like investment property and like owning like manufacturing things and I know that's like totally anti-go plant it but if we're manufacturing things for go plant it so like bamboo like utensils and like you can make it environmentally yeah like, like industrial hemp everything we use should be industrial hemp these earbuds my laptop this can of coke like everything should be hemp because we should stop producing plastic we should stop producing aluminum stop producing whatever stop using rubber like you can literally use hemp for like everything and it's cheaper faster more efficient and better for the environment so i don't know why we're using anything else other than hemp and not to mention the fact that cotton takes 
twice as much space to grow, takes twice, like twice or triple the amount of time to grow, and you can harvest hemp four times a year. Talk about ROI, like I'll just go actually, but I don't know. That's my little sidebar about industrial hemp. But um, yeah, just like investment properties and then like being 50 and then traveling and like experiencing. Yeah, you've definitely got you've definitely got a lot more of a plan than most people that we, we have onto the podcast in terms of whether it's your comedy club, um, trying to attack the, the cotton world with hemp, um, whatever it may be. But it, it sounds like you do have a plan. And um, I really like it because it does help the environment in some way, shape or form. And I really appreciate that especially being um, an athletic trainer my freshman year. So I got to learn all about nutrition and all that. And it kind of scared me. That's why I left. But (laughs) using that as a transition into our favorite part of the podcast, we're now moving on to the deep thinking question. So Sarah, are you ready? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So question number one, let's imagine 100 years from now, you're almost 120 years old, right? Um, Okay. You've lived past your your uh, cancer from your Cheetos and you've, you've survived. <laughs> but today is your last day on Earth, and you've been able to accomplish everything that you've ever wanted to in life. Um, but it everything disappears, right? So you get to pick three things that you've ever wanted to be remembered for. What are those three things? Ooh. Um, I want to be reminded for um leaving leaving the world cleaner than when i came into it um i want to um i want to like rid the term food insecurity i think that it's ignorant and it doesn't accurately depict hunger in our world i think that there's a huge difference between being food insecure and being hungry and I think a lot of times those things get meshed in the same pot. Um, you can be food insecure and be overweight. And I think that, and we've never seen that before in history. It's always been the rich people are fat and the skinny people are poor. And now it's the rich people are skinny and the poor people are fat because the shit that these people get at the food pantries and those kinds of things like that is the, the flaming Hot Cheetos. It's the killing you at 80 crap and it's the cancer and it's like all of this garbage and it's the allergies and the the genetically modified organisms and those kinds of things. And, um, I want to redefine what some of these USDA terms are about like food deserts and, um, those kinds of things. So leaving a legacy of like redefining, um, the way we think about food in our country and in the world and how that impacts other people. Um, then my last thing, is to be remembered for having a shit ton of money. <laughs> be like, like Jeff Bezos, like, yeah, he had Amazon, but he also had fat coin. Like, mm-hmm. that's me. So, yeah. I, I can definitely get behind that, that <laughs> last one. A lot of money do, does you well. I mean, no one's really loaded money. And, you know, money kind of buys happiness in a certain way, shape, or form. Um, so I want to lead into our next question. A day before everything disappears, you look on your shelf and you see your autobiography. And the very first chapter is your entire life up to this very second. What is that first chapter called? What is that chapter called? Um, my first thought is, oh, shit. I don't know why. 
but like that's the very first thing that came to my brain it's just like i feel like when things happen like with go plant it or i meet somebody and like it never really seems like it's happening like i'm like like i have an open invitation at banner media and like when that happened i was just like me like are you talking to me and so i feel like i will never stop i i hope that i never stop being surprised because i think that it'll lose authenticity of like genuine appreciation for others and like um yeah so i think oh shit is kind of cool i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that in i like it i like it so moving on to the next question um you mentioned before that you had a youtube channel you want to um, start this <laughs> comedy club and everything like that who would be the top three people that you would like to work with whether it's your podcast your youtube channel or whatever it may be yeah um i would love oh top three people yeah you I have like a list three. of like 10. okay three <laughs> um i'll choose one from like each bubble so my top person from oh, shit. um my top person from like the food realm and like the industry and those kinds of things uh would be jamie oliver i don't know if you guys know who that is but he had used to have this tv show called jamie oliver's food revolution and that like lit the fire in my belly get it because it's food i hate myself but it like lit that fire like shit people like eat sh like goldfish for dinner and i'm like i'm sitting here pretty in like my suburban home eating like meat and potatoes for dinner and so it's like just really like i feel like he brings me back to like reality but and he also just has a phenomenal message and he has an accent so there's that um my second person I would have to say I would love to like I'd love to keynote speech with Simon Sinek I know like that I don't know I feel like that sounds weird but I would think it'd be so much fun to put on a presentation with him I think that he'd be so much fun or even just to have a phone call with him but like to put on some sort of like motivational message with him and to align with his brand because I freaking love everything he puts out like there's this video if you don't know who Simon Sinek is first of all learn who he is second of all google this video it's called uh millennials in the workplace um and it genuinely makes me cry like every time i watch it i don't know why but it's like it's so well constructed and written and like spoken and delivered and just like talk about thought leaders um and then my last person um i really think um i really want to work with like john green Oh, no, no, no. I take that back. Um, I want to, <laughs> I want to, um, like, do something with Jeanette Wall. She wrote the memoir, The Glass Castle. And I read that my sophomore year. And um, I'm actually working on my memoir right now. Um, I plan to have two memoirs. I'm going to have, like, a memoir of, like, my, like, journey. And then, I, like, my first journey, I guess. And then, like, after I write that, it's, like, from that memoir till I'm, like, 50. And, like, what happened? So, um, like work with her on that and like to almost like collaborate on it to a certain extent, like have like some advice about how to like write a memoir and how to tell that story and how to bring people in and like really engulf them in like the scene and those kinds of things. I think that'd be really awesome. Dope, dope. And, um, I want to lead into the fourth question. And for our, as you know, our podcast is called Young and Dumb. 
Um, for us, Young and Dumb stands for young, dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold. What does being young and dumb mean to you? Um, I think um, it's an opportunity of like self awareness, and I think like a lot of what we're doing and a lot of like people like Ava are doing is just like, I think self-awareness is such like a huge thing and being aware of all of these opportunities. And um, I think it's funny, a huge thing that sticks out to me when you say something like that is my like first couple of weeks of Don's class while I was getting wet tricked was he was like, well, like, what are you good at? And like, I was like, uh, I don't know. And I think it's funny that I have an easier time telling you what I suck at and like how awful I am <laughs> then like with the things that I'm good at. And like, I still couldn't tell you to this day, like sitting down because I just don't think about it. And um, like really being appreciative of like your skills and, and like harnessing those opportunities and those skills that you have um, instead of focusing on the things you stuck at. It's like, like I'm never going to be an Instagram model, like stop wallowing on that or like all of these different things. And it's like, no, like, spend your head energy and like spend your like time thinking about like positive things and like what you're great at and how can those greatnesses like propel you into like better opportunities and like better experiences and those kinds of things. No, that's really amazing. And like, I think that's something that we need to start putting more emphasis on in terms of not necessarily focusing on your weaknesses, but really going in on your strengths. Because like you said, if you focus on your weaknesses and you're constantly surrounded by people who your weaknesses are their strengths, you're just going to keep being down on yourself. Like, damn, like, why aren't I as good as this person or this and that? And it, it really starts like draining on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So before we ask our last question, um, if people want to get in contact with you, listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Um, I think the easiest way that you can kind of get a taste of everything is following us on Facebook. Um, we have a page, it's called the humanitarian. Okay. Awesome. So everyone out there go follow and go like that page, the humanitarian. So final question, what is the question that you wish that we asked you? Question. Um, I really love to ask people on my podcasts what their like one of their favorite failures is and what they learned from it. And I think that's a great question. So why don't you let us know what is your favorite failure and what did you learn from it? Um, this is actually the like intro to my like I gave this like speech and <laughs> so my first week of school when I like got I was in Wetrix class and I was like I, I um, came home from that first period with him this hour and a half and I was like bro I'm gonna report record a podcast I was like I don't know how to do it or well I know kind of how to do it but like I don't know what it's gonna be called I don't have a logo I don't really have an idea of like anything at all about like what I like but I was like you know let's just start reaching out to people like see if they want to be on my podcast so I tweeted at the um, superintendent of Noblesville High School and she replied to my tweet. Um, and so then I sent her an email and <laughs> in the subject line for the email, I said, yo, Dr. Niedemeyer. And then the email proceeded to say, hey, it's Sarah. <laughs> Would you like to do a podcast? Love, Sarah. And I'm just like, bro. <laughs> so 
I like to me, I was like, that's a great podcast. She knows what I'm talking about or not a great podcast, a great email. She knows what I'm saying. It's clear to the point, which it's not. She, who's Sarah? Like, what's your podcast? Where can, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many things that she needs to know before she says yes or no to this, which like the tweet kind of helped me a little bit, but I didn't even, I wouldn't even have known that this happened, but her secretary emailed Don and was like, yo, your student um, sent a really disrespectful email to the superintendent and like, this is unacceptable and blah, 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 blah. So Don like calls me in and is like, hey, Sarah, can we talk? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so you sent an email, Dr. Niedermeyer. And I was like, yeah, bro. Like she's going to be on my podcast. I was like, so pumped. And he's like, yeah, we need to talk about your email. And I'm like, bro, what do you mean? Like my email's great. And he's like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. Like, what are you talking about? And I think I had such a hard time my in the beginning of innovation taking criticisms. Like I genuinely like could not handle it. And I think it goes a lot into like the culture of school, like not getting into that, but he like sat me down and he like, he explained to me like, this is how you send an appropriate email. This is the kinds of things that you need to say. And like, this is how you conduct like a professional setting in the email space, because it's not a tweet. It's not a text. It's an email. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is like, I would not have learned and I would have continued to fall on my face if like, instead of treating it like I got an F in the grade book and moving on, we took an opportunity to sit down and talk about what I failed at. And then I was able to take that and apply it. And then I got like the A in emails instead of like just continuing to get F's. Yeah, and I think that's important to, to um, highlight there that there are certain ways to talk to people in different settings and you have to change your tone and be very aware of your tone um, depending on what setting you're speaking in. Um, so I'm glad that you had that opportunity to um, learn from this experience and it didn't hinder you from moving <laughs> forward. Um, but Sarah, I want to take this moment to extend a huge thank you from the Get Your Grind Up Young and Dumb community for coming out on, onto the podcast, taking time out of your day, and dropping some knowledge. So yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. It's really fun. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, it's our pleasure. So for all of you listening out there, if you want to learn a little bit more about Sarah, hop on our, onto our website, getyourgrindup.com, or on our social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Get Your Grind Up. We'll be back next week with another incredible episode of the Young and Dumb podcast. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.